Welcome to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. I'm your host, Tim Reed. And I'm so excited to be here today. Welcome to the Firetime Podcast. Now, guys, this is the turning point of our season. We are more than halfway through the eight departments of a winning hearth company. And I've been so excited to do this series. Ever since Grant and I got the idea about a year ago on that airplane to Minneapolis, I've just been chomping at the bit looking forward to this because... My hope is that for each of these episodes, you're able to use it as a blueprint. And and I'll tell you the truth, the content in these episodes is thick. And you might have to listen to it a couple times. You are going to probably have to get out a notepad and start sketching out some ideas. And this can take time to implement. I mean, it, it can't take it does take time, right? There's no way around it. But I believe that this is a blueprint that will absolutely transform your business when applied. Today's department is a surprise because it's grounds and warehouse. And I would say that for most businesses, they don't think about their grounds and warehouse as a department in the business, but this is so important. And actually, when I first met Grant probably three or four years ago, and I visited Falco's, the first impression blew me away. I mean, when you go to that building, you walk up and it's like, oh my gosh, like these people are serious. Their grounds are immaculate. The showroom is pristine. And it sets up the customer experience for for winning. I mean, it, it really does. And it all comes down to the intentionality with the way that they handle their grounds and warehouse. So this is department five of eight, and we're going to jump headfirst into it. Now, if this is the first time you're tuning in, you haven't caught up to the rest of this series, you can go back and listen to the other four departments. We start with leadership, then we move to sales, installation, and service, and now we're on to grounds and warehouse. But as we finish this out here, I mean, this is a big deal. And and I know that as I'm putting these episodes out, I feel like each week is ramping up and ramping up and building on the foundation of the previous week. So in this conversation, I'm just going to say that for a lot of people, there are, there's going to be some new things here, and I'm going to highlight four tools. They're going to help you get started right away. Okay, so here's the first one that we talk about. We dive deep today in talking about a grounds list, making a list of the tasks that need to be done on a daily and weekly basis to keep your grounds looking perfect for your customers. Next, we'll talk about the idea of a utility hire. And a utility hire is really important. I mean, I think about this language from baseball, right? Like, what's a utility player? It's someone that can play first base or center field or shortstop. Your business should have a utility hire. And really, the the primary task of this utility hire is the grounds and the warehouse duties. Now, as you have this utility hire, you'll cross-train them depending on their skill set for installation, for support, and even for sales. And this starts to allow you to have a bench, but you have to get a utility hire in place. We're going to dive deep on that in this conversation. Number three that we're going to talk about is bin organization. As me and Grant have gone into businesses, it can be scary sometimes seeing how a warehouse looks. And trust me, I've been there before. But when you set up your warehouse based on bins with organized locations, you're going to start to get visibility of all your parts, your efficiency is going to go up, and your waste is going to go down. 
The last thing we talk about is a rolling inventory. And Grant kind of shares what they do to make sure that their inventory stays tight. And because their warehouse is so organized, it makes it really easy to take inventory. And honestly, you are not going to believe how close he was to perfect the last time that they did inventory, considering what a large amount they carry. So with all of that in mind, I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. And as always, we'll circle back at the end and talk about it. Joining me once again from Spokane, Washington is Grant Falco. Grant, it's been amazing to go through the eight different departments of a hearth business. And I know today we're going to be talking about a department that's really, really important to you, and that's grounds and warehouse, right? Yeah. And I I think people may be chuckling and listening to this because grounds and warehouse. I mean, warehouse. <laughs> is that, even, see, is that but, even a department? Yeah. Grounds. What is that? I mean, dirt. So yeah, I'm excited to talk about it because I, I do think that identifying it as a department is kind of the first step in being intentional in managing that area. And grounds, warehouses is, you know, I think we all know what we need to do with the warehouse, but grounds, it's like we all just think someone else is going to do it. And for years, it was like, if I'm not doing it, no one is. And I just got tired of it. So I think you have to figure out how you know, to really manage your grounds and take it seriously. That's what we're going to talk about today. That's awesome, man. I, I love it. And, and I think this is going to be a really cool conversation. So for a lot of companies listening, they may not be thinking intentionally about tying the grounds and the warehouse together, but this is something that makes a really big difference. And I would say when you walk up to Falco's, there's an amazing first impression that you get. The building looks terrific. You've got grills out in front. And and a lot of that first impression that sets the buying experience is because of how you take care of the grounds. Why are these two departments so foundational to a hearth company? Um, well, I think organization is absolutely key. I think that so many of us lose money in all these soft areas and we wonder why our margins aren't better. And I think it comes down to those simple things of organization of the warehouse and grounds, knowing where things are, keeping things tidy. That way, you know, if something's out of place, uh, and it allows you to develop a, a system of organization, whether it's bin locations or, or any other type of organization that you need to do with the products that you sell. But if you don't always know where things are, if you don't have someone always taking care of it, it just becomes extremely stressful and takes steals money from you. It truly does. Yeah. Well, here's where I want to start. I want to start with grounds and then let's move into warehouse. So, okay. so starting out with grounds, what I've got in front of me here is your weekly grounds checklist. I mean, this thing is extensive to say the least, but, but it makes a difference. These are the, the little things. And every day of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you have different tasks. And this is super important. So I'm just going to go through a couple of these, right? So Monday, we've got count fuel, clean parking lot, check batteries on remotes, update showroom models, update slash move closeout units, clean dumpster area, stock barbecue fuel, put out dumpsters, clean stainless grills. Like that's only Monday, okay? I'm, I'm gonna move on here to Friday because I'm, I'm looking at this. Friday, clean glass on units and windows. Holy cow. Clean outside display units. Check will call for items 30 days old. Put away gas fittings in Willow. Bring in dumpsters, stock barbecue fuel. You know, this is really intentional. How, how did you start to formulate and put this together? Well, first of all, I kind of chuckled when you started 
doing saying that because I think um, I think people maybe get the impression that I'm a, I'm a micromanager and and that's not what this is about. This is about putting the lines on the court, as you always say. And and truly, the the frustration came out when I am responsible for this entire business, yet have no idea who is responsible to clean the parking lot, yet have no idea who is responsible to restack those pellets, yet have no idea who's supposed to keep this place clean. Is it me? It always ended up being me. And there was <laughs> one, there was one time where I was just like, I know what needs to be done. Let me just go through and put it on a weekly schedule. We already hired this utility position. Let's make this utility position 50 to 60% the checklist. And that's it. And it's seasonal. It will rotate just a little bit in how we do it. But those things are done, checked off. And I know every Saturday what has been done or hasn't been done. And I'm not telling you we get all those things done, but what's amazing is week after week, I know what's not getting done. I know yeah. if things aren't continuing to not get done. I see trends in the wrong direction or in the right direction. And it's an amazing tool to use. And it's a performance indicator. It's a way to judge this utilitarian position that gets asked by a million people to do certain things. This gives them the ability to say, no, I have these things I need to do. And it's it's worked wonders. And we have an, another section of... Uh, project list because there's always other things that you need to be working on and maybe the standard list isn't full time and we manage that as well on that same list but it's not micromanaging it's actually macro managing it's being intentional putting the lines on the court and then holding them accountable consistently i don't even have to be around to yeah. hold them accountable right well, this is so good because because how many owners and managers are frustrated at their team members? They never pick up the garbage in the in the showroom. Why am I the one that's dusting? Am I, am I the only one that takes pride in my job? Like, guys, you know, we all have been in this boat before, and you just got to a point where you were sick of it. You said enough's enough. Like, I'm drawing up lines on the court because when I draw lines on the court. I, I can manage the productivity, but like I don't manage the tasks. Like the tasks get done and people are held accountable to it. I'm looking at this here. What you've got is you've actually got a percentage indicator for what percent of the tasks got done on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And I'm just looking here at, at your scoreboard and you've got the percentage for the week. So like week three, I can see we completed at 82.76%. Like it's a performance indicator. It's a part of the job. And and I, I just, I think it's amazing the fact that you got mad at the problem and you did something about it, but the answer wasn't, I'm going to push my nose to the grindstone harder. It was, I'm going to work smart. I'm going to drop yeah. my expectations and we're going to hire a utility position where this is a requirement of their job. We're going to measure to it. Yeah. And I think when you, like you had stated, I think when people drive through our, our parking lot or approach our building, I think it is very evident that we take care of it. And it's always been that way. Um, but it's been stressful to be that way. And, you know, us in family business have our fathers who are looking over our shoulder constantly. And honestly, I, I, I've said this before, it's what it looks like more than what it is almost yeah. all the time. And so I, I talk to my staff about Louis Falco driving through the parking lot. And I talk to him about what people can see and what he can see. And truly, like, we might have some messes here and there. But if you can see it, we take care of it. And I believe that's absolutely necessary for that impression uh, on the customer and anybody you do business with. It just leaves an outstanding impression. And uh, it's been driven 
because of that family dynamic of me just not wanting my dad to come in and say, what the heck is that doing yeah. here? Even if he's in here for five minutes, I want it to look perfect. So he assumes everything else is perfect. Well, I think it also raises the bar internally for your team members that they believe they're working in a professional environment and, and it, it raises a standard for everybody versus just having junk all over the place and dust and debris. Oh yeah, totally. And, and I would say it's made you, I mean, when we walk into dealer stores and there's dust all over the place, like you start to get a little nervous about that. <laughs> it's hard for me to understand it. It truly is. I mean, we work so hard to, to earn positive points through the sales process and, and to earn money. We, we are starting off negative and not just negative, maybe super negative. And you have to show every ounce of how much of an expert you are and all these different things way more than you would need to if you just kept it clean and tidy. And it's, it's, it really comes down to accountability. I mean, and, and having an understanding of who is responsible. Like I said, at the beginning, I ended up being responsible because we were all responsible. And that's just not how it works. You have to identify someone and don't tell me you can't hire a utility person. I understand that you might be able to not be able to hire a full-time utility person and take on another wage. I understand that. But the way business grows, there's always ebbs and flows, and there's people that need more to do in order for you to grow. And you have to expect, and they want more, and you want to pay them more. You can tell them to help you with this, but you have to give them the lines on the court so they know exactly what to do. And every business owner has been cleaning their store, doing these things. You just got to get it onto a schedule. We have it six days a week. It's, it's a lifeline for us, and it takes no extra time for me anymore zero. I'm not surprised by anything. And that's a pretty fantastic position to be in and goes against micromanaging. So like when I hear you read that list, I get insecure a little bit because <laughs> I'm not a micromanager. And the reason I'm able to do this podcast and Napoleon webinars and things like that are because I have teams that have systems and processes with consistent accountability. And this checklist is just, you know, a small version of what that is. Oh, I think that's great. And you know, one thing is as we as we go into this series, this is kind of going off base a little bit, but I think it's important to mention. As we lay out these eight departments, I, I think a mistake is that people will listen to this and maybe be tempted to think, well, you know, Grant, like he just hangs out uh, you know, eating candy and, and drinking martinis all day because he's got this perfect business where every department does everything and and you know, yeah, Tim and like they, they just they're not in the real world. Like look and that's not true. You know, I, I think that one thing that's really important to mention is that the reason that we build these departments and these systems and processes is n it's not that you stop working, but it means that you get to solve bigger problems. Totally. Like, you know, and, and your life is full of problems. You're, you, you still are, are working in and on your business on a daily basis, but you're working on different problems than I got to polish the glass on this fireplace because no one did it. You're not, you're, you're able to solve bigger problems. And that's how I business mean, grows. Yeah. I mean, what are the things business owners have the hardest time doing? They, they have a hard time seeing into the future and knowing the decisions they need to make now that are going to be things that help them in the future. And then they have a hard time working on the business. Not to mention, they don't give very much feedback and don't have a lot of control of marketing. And those are the things that I wanted to do. That, those are the things that I felt like I could make the biggest impact. What is our vision? 
How are we aligned to get there? It's absolutely vital for you to be doing that. We work in the business or on the business. And if you're going to move up that ladder, how are you working on the, on the business? Aligning, vision, for sure, working on the business, system, process, tightening up. Who is doing that? Who is making sure your team is getting better? Just coming yeah. to work doesn't get you better. Who is making sure that they are accountable to their mistakes and learn from them? That is what the leader needs to do. And you have to work to get yourself in that position. It's not easy. And it's not easy once you're in the position. As you move up the chain, you just get bigger problems, like you just said, yes. right? Yep. Yeah, the reward for solving problems is that you get to work on bigger ones. And that's actually <laughs> a beauty. It's a beautiful thing in life. I, it like, is. I mean, I think about the problems I have. And I'm like, dude, people would kill for these problems. It's amazing exactly. I get to solve them. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, You know, I was listening to a podcast literally this morning with John Maxwell, and I, I like that you talked about we can't assume we're getting better. We have, to, we have to intentionally work on it. John Maxwell, literally this morning in this podcast, he said, we make the mistake of assuming we'll just get better. We, we can't assume that. We can assume no. we'll get older, but we can't assume we'll get, we'll get better without intentional thought and effort. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, I could we could speak we could do a podcast on intentionality. <laughs> like, and how do you start your day? How do you plan your week? Oh, man. What are your Season goals five, for the month and how do, do you be exactly, seriously. Intentionality is like such a a cog in the wheel of success and understanding that I have to be intentional about this. I mean, even with my staff, like as we're going through this, stand-up meetings every day. You have to be intentional about what your plan is today. If you wake up and just kind of go through it, you're going to get 30% of stuff you could have got done. Whereas if you get up, make a plan, execute that plan at the end of the day, talk about that plan, figure out what you did, work on it the next day, your, your production is 10 times over and it's just a snowball effect, right? We'll get back to our conversation with Grant Falco in just one minute. Hey, if you've been listening to the podcast this season and you've enjoyed Grant and I taking you through the eight departments of a winning hearth company, I want to make you aware of something that Grant and I are offering right now. We are calling it a blitz trip. Now, a blitz trip is when Grant and I come out to your business for two days and we dive deep. Grant in particular specializes in the service and installation end. I focus on sales and marketing and we cover other aspects of your business as well, like showroom, warehouse, and grounds. The way that we've been doing this for companies is that we come in generally the night before where we meet with the business owner to problem solve some of the biggest issues that they're currently having. For the next two days, we spend about half the time with owners and managers and half the time with team members. And we do a combination of hands-on training and business analysis. One of the things that we find most often when we come in is that there's a lot of businesses out there that are close but they're not over the hump. And in order to move the needle, what they need is a roadmap. So Grant and I provide that. Basically, we come in, we work with you to identify exactly where your business is, and then we provide you what the next steps are that need to be taken in order to get your business to the next level. Now, one thing I'll say about this is that number one, this is not for everybody. I'm just gonna say that right now. This is not for everybody because it's really expensive. The reason this is expensive is that Grant and I's time is really tight, and because of that, there's a limited amount of these blitz trips. It's just plain and simple. We don't have a lot of time, but we want to make it available to help businesses that would like to have us out. 
So if you want to take advantage of a blitz trip, you can go to itsfiretime.com slash blitz. And basically you'll sign up. We'll schedule a series of calls leading up to the trip so that as Grant and I come out there, we are poised to give you the most value possible and give you a roadmap that you can follow to take your business to the next level. So if the content in these episodes has been helpful and you want to see that applied firsthand, you need to sign up for a blitz trip before the rest of the year is booked. To do that, you can go to itsfiretime.com slash blitz. That's itsfiretime.com slash blitz. Okay, I want to move on to the warehouse. We've talked about grounds. Establish a checklist, right? So action items to, you know, take a checklist, make a Monday through Friday, Monday through Saturday checklist. It could have three things. It could have 10 things on it per day. And there's someone in your company that needs more to do. If everybody's totally tapped out, then, you know, hire somebody for minimum wage, 10 hours a week. That's not that much of an investment and and it's, it's going to make, make a difference. Okay. So that's the action item. Moving on to the warehouse. How do you think about the warehouse and, 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 I guess let's start there. How do you think about the warehouse and and how is it that you have set up the structure of it? Well, so uh, we've been we've been in business for 90 years as as a fourth generation business owner, we have a lot of piles of old stuff that I've taken on and I'm fine with that. I understand how business works and and the thing that and we carry a lot of inventory we're we're someone who really believes in having inventory. Now, that's that's a burden, huge burden. And you can't handle it loosely. If you're taking on inventory and you don't understand where your product is at all times, you're you're going to run into issues. You're going to constantly be going back to jobs. I mean, the the structure and like managing the expectations of how your business works leading up to the job starts so much earlier and in the warehouse most of the time. So, the thing that I, I remember thinking and saying to my team that kind of changed it was if I put this widget that we sell, that we stock on a regular basis in the parking lot, shouldn't any employee be able to pick it up and know where its home is? How in the world do we expect things to find their home when there's no home? Maybe <laughs> one person knows where it goes, but not everybody Someone drops it off and it ends up staying there. And then you end up with all these piles. And so I remember saying that to my team and saying, how do we get to where everything has a home? And it's not an easy process. It takes time. It takes investment. And I've talked about invest season and payoff season versus instead of laying off your employees, have them invest into making your payoff season better 100%. by developing bin location. So we have come up with, and it's not, we haven't got it through our entire grounds yet, but we have a, a 5,000 square foot warehouse behind the property that, that we're on. And uh, we spent six months of invest season. It took all six months. We hung up columns, so A through Z. And then we, uh, and then we uh, put like 100 row, 200 row, 300 row. And then on each bay, we had one through like 36, just so you could say A, 136 and you could go to a down to 100 level and go over to 36 and right above that would be what you were looking for and we put that in our system and it's it's changed our business I so can this is literally this is in your point of sale system so you can 100%. look up an order and yep. you can see exactly where it is yep i could hire someone off the street give them a packing slip 
show them where the warehouse is and they can find that product guaranteed. <laughs> and, and, and also when you walk into the warehouse and in the back door of our building, there are maps of our warehouse that are a top view kind of spread out so that you see, like before you even go over there, you know where the D column is, but you might be able to see a little bit closer into where you need to go so you can head straight there or kind of get a plan. So it just, we try to make it as easy as possible not to lose the stuff and to get it right away and always know where it goes. That's so good. And I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go back to grounds real quick and, and solving bigger problems. So making that change with your warehouse was a huge investment. I want to talk about the payoff of that investment in a little bit. But that's a big problem to solve. How do we organize the warehouse? I mean, I would say of, of, of the people listening to this, there's probably less than 10% of them that have a bin system like that that's tied into their point of sale system. And you were able to solve a bigger problem because you're not having to dust your fireplaces or clean the glass on them yourself. You're not having to stack the pellets yourself. And... There's value in all work, but the fact that you were able to build a system and process for your grounds allows you to solve bigger problems. How do we organize our warehouse? Now that the warehouse is organized, you get to solve bigger problems. You're not saying, where do we keep those thermocouples? I thought we had three, but there's, there's not one of them here. You've got bigger problems you can solve now. Totally. My goal, I mean, Tim, this is going to sound so weird. I, 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 I have a hard time even saying it, but it's the truth. I want to outgrow this. I want to do more. I want this business to be successful for my parents and for myself and for all 32 employees here. But there's more to life than just doing what I'm doing. And so in order to do that, in order to to leave this company in any way, shape, or form, it has to be self-sufficient. And my motivation has been to make this business self-sufficient. And I think you have to think bigger than yourself. People want to work for a place that they can move up in. And since I started thinking like that, we've been promoting from within and growing from within. And it's just, it seems like it's the right method. And I'm happier and my employees are happier for that type of thinking or that process. I, I think one of the best things that anybody can do is to try to work themselves out of a job. Even if you're the owner, truly make it your goal to work yourself out of a job because life gets really good. I mean, again, there's always problems in life, but man, when you've worked yourself out of a job and you have to think, man, they work so good without me. We're so profitable without me doing anything. It's an amazing problem to have to figure out what you're going to do with your time. It is. You're exactly right. So I want to ask you then about the payoff. What has having this system of organization of bin locations, maps, and and tying it into your POS system done for you as a business? Well, the simple answer is we are extremely efficient in comparison to what we were doing two years ago in how we go from A, B, C, D, and and the end result, Z. Uh, We have happier staff members because it's easier to do their job and get the jobs complete and truly the most impactful and apparent win is profit our profit has grown exponentially since we started to organize the back end of our business and if someone always know where knows where that piece goes or if everything has a home and everybody understands that i can't even quantify the advantage you have in getting those jobs done and doing yeah. more jobs. I mean, I think about this and we we were thinking about building a new warehouse and I was like, so should we commit to this bin location if we we're going to move warehouses? And us as a team decided 
we're going to move forward because we're going to learn so much. And even if we move the warehouse, we're going to move a process, a system. And it was amazing because we didn't end up doing the warehouse. So it was just a great decision. But as we were going through it, we didn't realize how bad it was, how hard <laughs> it was to get it, and, and how much it would change our business. And now the fact that we can actually set something down and have anybody find it, I mean, the efficiency levels through the roof, I would have had no, no way to go from three to four crews last year and two to three crews yeah. the year before. As you're growing and you ha- you can't have four or five crews and not have an, an organized pick system and pulling system for yes. installations. You have to focus on that and keep that together. We outgrew the warehouse. We had to have two picking locations. We couldn't have done that without having the bin locations set up and having that process. The processes to set up for polling and picking were so much easier. Why? Because we had the bin locations in place. Yeah, I'm with you. I, th- I think there's huge profitability there. You have a great story about about inventory, right? I mean, it's like when you do inventory, wasn't wasn't there some win of like how far off you were compared to your list last oh, time? Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you for reminding me that. Uh, so. At the end of every year, October 31st, Halloween, that is inventory for us. Now, Happy the Halloween. reason, yeah, exactly. And not ideal, right in the middle of your season, maybe when you have the most amount of inventory. Seems crazy. I'll explain that real quick. We were a garden center three generations ago, and the garden center was done as of October. So we had no inventory, so inventory was easy, right? Well, now that we're a harsh shop, it's a little bit difficult, Um having extra inventory, running the business and not running a tight ship and not being able to hold people accountable and all sorts of things. You know, as you go through this venture, you you look at inventory and see how much you're off at the end of the year. And I don't know how many people do take inventory. I hope everybody does. And then how much you're off. I mean, we were off a ton and it blew me away because we were okay with it. Like we had, it just, that was the way it was. And that was a win if it was only off by X amount. And I'd look at X amount and go, are you, that's like, that amount, whatever it is, that amount you're off is profit. So <laughs> yeah. like whatever that number is, the higher it gets, the less profit you have. And I just could not get over that. And so with this bin location, our goal was to get it down to like a pretty in- incredible spot, I thought, and we crushed it. Um, we were we were only within about $2,800 of our inventory levels, and we have <laughs> probably a million dollars. It was, uh, my parents couldn't even believe it. And I will say <laughs> that our amounts off were 10 to 20 times that amount, the, even as close as the year before. And we were okay with that. And so when we talk about profit, obviously the profit was different. We were, along with accountability, consistent accountability, systems and processes, the bin location being organized was a game changer for everybody. And the bottom line was what won. I literally remember my parents looking at me at one point when they were seeing the difference, saying, what are you doing differently? And I think it goes to all those things I just said, but bin locations are absolutely vital in the organization of your warehouse, among a ton of other things, but man, it starts there. Yeah. How often is your warehouse person taking inventory of the bins? Uh, So we do uh, like a cycle count. So we do a yearly inventory of all of our inventory, all the inventory on the, in the warehouse and grounds and everything like that. And then, uh, on a weekly basis, they will take two bins and they will inventory them. And we will, through our weekly meetings, we will, um, 
make sure that those reconcile, figure out where they are, figure out why they got there, kind of learn from it. And it's a part of their weekly routine. So we get, I think if we do two to week, we get 104 bins done. And I'm pretty sure how the math worked out. It was like, literally we had 104 bins to take inventory on. So that's how we keep that management as tight as possible. And it seems to work pretty well. That's really good. I I think people are going to be both inspired and intimidated listening to this. Where where I want to end the conversation is, so for a company listening that has five people, six people in their company, they're not Falcos with 30 plus employees. And how, how, how would you address this grounds slash warehouse position? Is it a full-time position? Is it, can you talk about the utility hire? Where would you start if you're a small company listening to this? Okay. So I would start like, I, so when I entered this business, we had like 11 employees. So uh, I can't relate to that scale and I feel bad about that. But if it was me, I would look at how I ended a season and moving into the off season, I would, I would make some choices. If I had five employees and one of them was a really good installer and another one was a okay installer and maybe a service guy uh, and they were utilizing them kind of in both, in the off season, their businesses, their demand is going to be less. And so what I would say to them versus working less hours, let's work 40 hours a week with a plan to maximize our warehouse or grounds. And I think it really starts by identifying what is, where are the homes? Where do you keep this brand? Where do you keep this product type? Identifying and actually creating a map and going through and saying, does this make sense? I think is a huge step. And then taking those extra guys that you end up laying off and invest into your payoff season by deciding, man, I got, we got a thousand square foot warehouse. We know what we have. Let's, let's organize this. You can reach out to me at any time, but man, Google bin locations and your mind will be blown in how you can organize your warehouse. There's a million different ways to do it, but I would take the time that we have right now and I would invest and then maybe you can get it to the point where you're organized enough in the warehouse and maybe it is time to hire that utility person to kind of cover the warehouse and the grounds a little bit maybe not full time right off the bat add someone because I think the organization will pay for that person's position and more obviously well this doesn't ask so so if this is an entry level position and let's just say that you that you, you can't start out full time as a part time employee you know I'm I'm just doing some math here that, that if you can hire someone for 20 hours a week for a full year and, and it's entry level position, so maybe twelve bucks an hour, whatever, whatever, you know, a, a just above minimum wage job is, that ends up being like thirteen grand for the year. So even if, if you as an owner could absorb a thirteen thousand dollar pay cut to, to make this position happen, like the ROI on that, there, there's no question the ROI well, on that. Let me add to that too. Who's doing it? All the people that have jobs, maybe you. What is that taking away from? much more than $13,000. I feel like my value is much more than $13,000. And I believe that $20,000, $30,000 truthfully is worth cleaning up your grounds for the impression, organizing your grounds for the efficiency, and then allowing you to work on things to be more successful, to push that envelope, to grow that business. The reason everybody thinks it's impossible is because they can't get out from that first step. And uh, I think it is tough. I think risk takers, you know, a lot of times end up getting ahead. Maybe they fail first, but they get ahead simply because they're not afraid to maybe make that step. I'm not saying you 
as the people listening, I'm not saying you have to do this. I'm just trying to open your eyes to a different way of thinking uh, and not a micromanaging mentality, more of a macromanaging, but with accountability in place. Well, I, I think as, as I've been listening to you talk, I've been taking some notes here, and I think I've got four steps that someone can take. So I think if you're listening to this conversation and, and you feel intimidated or you don't know where to start, I think step one is just start with a grounds list. What are the things I need to get done on the grounds? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Step two, you have a utility hire. Maybe this is someone that's already on your team that, that needs something to do. Maybe it's this five hours a week, 10 hours a week, 20 hours a week hire. But step two is you have a utility hire and their job is largely getting this grounds list done. Step three, you start the project. This is a long-term project of BIN organization. How are we going to organize the warehouse? I love what you did with BINs. It's terrific. And step four is we have a rolling inventory. So I think if we start with the grounds list, yep. we make a utility hire, and that position will grow into more of a warehouse role. Step three, BIN organization, and then we have a rolling inventory. I think that's going to free, I think that's going to free up your time to do a lot more with the business than when you're handcuffed to those things on a day-in, day-out basis. No question. I think you, you nailed it, Tim. The one thing that I would add is implementation is half of it. So you can implement all of that, but man, you got to hold them accountable to it. And that's, that's where an, like an execution system, some type of system of accountability is absolutely key. We've talked about that a few times. We'll talk about it in more episodes moving forward. But uh, you can put all those things in place, but ultimately your job as a leader is to hold accountable and have them win or learn. And uh, that is, a, is something that maybe is missed and you can get that stuff all going, but it isn't any good unless it is consistently uh, above par. So good. Grant, you are just delivering tremendous value. And, and I can't believe that we're, that we're almost all the way through this series, but it's so yeah. valuable right now to be thinking about these eight different departments of the hearth business. And I'm excited for next week. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. I think it's very eye-opening to talk about grounds in a warehouse in that way. But the truth is, if you go into Grant's business, the evidence speaks for itself. I mean, the way that their grounds are set up, the way that their showroom is set up, and when you go into their warehouse, the level of organization absolutely sets them up to give customers an amazing experience. And I know that we talked about these four things in the conversation today, right? Number one, create a grounds list. Number two, make that utility higher. Number three, bin organization and location. And number four, a rolling inventory. The thing I'll speak to at the end, I mean, you heard us talk enough in that conversation about the nuts and bolts of how to do this. I'd like to talk about the fear that exists in all of us as leaders and owners to get started. And I think that it's easy to write this off. Grounds and warehouse, right? I've got more important things to do. This customer's calling me, this team member's upset. We can make excuses all day. The truth is that there's never been a better time to do this. I mean, we've all been disrupted in the midst of the COVID-19 crisis. We're all in the midst of rebuilding our businesses. This is the time, period. This is the time to change the way that things were done so that you can set up a better future. And I know it can be scary. I know that there is fear inside of, I can never organize it. I'm, I'm not actually up to it. I, I can't run a business that way. It's easy to think it doesn't matter. We make all these excuses about it. You know, I found this for me personally. When I'm going to be stepping into something new, 
There's all kinds of insecurity you can fight. Can I actually do it? What if I waste my time? Why is this worth it? You hear all these voices of naysayers in your head and you got to get over it. The truth is that if you take the time to organize your grounds and to organize your warehouse, your business will be better for it. And it's kind of been the theme of all these departments is, is really what we're doing is we're defining a vision, right? A grounds list is defining a vision. Mapping out your warehouse with locations and, and bin organization is defining a vision. After you've defined that vision, what do you do? You create a map to get there based on the knowledge that you have at the time. After that, you follow the map and you improvise as needed. And you might find that in six months, you say, oh man, we got to rearrange our bins this way. That's no problem, right? You're following the map and you're improvising based on what you know. The vision hasn't changed. We're going to have an organized warehouse. The tactics that you use absolutely change. But I think that understanding that framework of define your vision, create a map, then follow it and improvise is super important. Literally this morning, I was listening to a podcast where Michael Hyatt was talking. And he was saying that, you know, if your family's going to go on vacation to wherever, pick your spot, and you're driving to the airport and there's traffic, do you give up on the vision of going on vacation? No way. You take an alternate route, which wasn't planned for, but you improvise based on the situation that you're in. This is the same thing with your business. It's so easy to second guess, to keep your nose to the grindstone and not look up. But I'm telling you, now is the time to get above the problem, to think about it, and then to go after it. So I hope that this conversation was an inspiration for you. I know that I took away a lot from it just in regards to my own organization. How am I defining vision for the things that I have? How am I organizing the back end of Wi-Fi or of my speaking engagements, of my coaching practices so that I can be as efficient as possible in serving my clients? This is super important and it translates to way more than just grounds and warehouse. So I know that there's a lot you can take away. Now, if this podcast has been a blessing for you and you would like to support it financially, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash it's fire time. That's patreon.com slash it's fire time. You can contribute whatever amount is comfortable for you. If you want to take this podcast out for a virtual cup of coffee and donate five bucks a month, that's amazing. If you want to contribute more as you're able, that's great too. The money that comes in, we are using to outsource the administrative duties of this podcast so that we can continue to create the highest level of content for you. Now, as always, if you have any questions based on what we've talked about in this episode, the last episode of the podcast this season is going to be a Q&A episode where Grant and I are going to dive deep on all the questions that we've been getting. So you can send those questions to Tim at itsfiretime.com. That's Tim at itsfiretime.com. Well, I hope you guys have an amazing rest of your week. Right now, people are hurting for leaders. They desperately need vision, and I know that you're equipped to give it to them. So make sure that as you go out today, you're intent on defining where am I going and how am I going to shepherd my people along the way. So with that, I'm going to sign off, and we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast. To learn more, visit the website itsfiretime.com. Music from this episode was written and recorded by In Bloom out of Portland, Oregon. 
We thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. We'll see you next time.